Hello, I'm Alex and this is the Northern Guides to Happiness. Welcome to episode 20. As always, I'm here in our virtual studio with Chris and we are also joined by a previous Geordie Guide interviewee tonight, Michelle Jones. Hello, Michelle. Hello. Thank you for having me. How are you and how how are you, Chris, as well? I'm all right. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about just how tired we are. I think it's, uh, I think it's to do with the nights, the nights drawing in. It's starting to feel like definitely the end of the summer. We've had our lot, so I hope you enjoyed it. We Bat always act hatches. really surprised, don't we, when it starts getting dark? I mean, it happens every year. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a surprise. I'm convinced this year that somebody's drawn the curtain down earlier. Mm-hmm. I keep saying to people, it wasn't dark at this time last year. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. Every year gets worse. I, I think you'll find it was. <laughs> yes. yes, that's what my husband keeps saying. I'm like, no. It's different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely different. It happens. It always catches me off guard as well. That's mm. that's the thing. Like you'll you'll go out and then you'll you'll uh, step outside again. It'll be dark. It's like how did that happen? And then you have to try and remember where your headlights are on the car. Um, anyway, <laughs> so Michelle, um, you've recently launched a uh, a new project, Kind Currency. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes, Kind Currency is a passion project. Um, I've always been heavily invested within uh, the voluntary and charity work that closes that disadvantaged gap. And I think at a time where we've got a poverty rate of 14.4 million people in our own country, you know, living in deprivation, then there's a need for for me to take some responsibility, you know, in reducing that. And so kind currency is it's a solution, to, you know, but it's a, a solution where we provide gratitude and pay that kindness forward to the people we really depend upon in society. And that is obviously the, the voluntary workers that the pandemic is highlighted. We really need them, mm. you know, but the, a lot of people within that sector are facing their own adversities. Yeah. And so for me, it would be nice to develop a kindness fund where we pay that kindness forward and help them overcome their, their disadvantages and help them obviously live a, a better quality of life as well. And obviously a, a way of achieving that is by addressing some of the like social issues that we've got today. You know, one is making kind of lifestyle choices. So the club provides that opportunity and support in local ethical businesses. I mean, the whole thing's underpinned by kindness, hmm. you know, and I'd really like to create a, a real resource to create that economy of kindness that everybody's talking about, you yeah. know, by supporting people to make kind of lifestyle choices, really adding value to local ethical businesses and then working together as a community to close that disadvantage gap by supporting the people in society we really need and we really need to value them. Yeah, I think it sounds great. I mean, it's people are sort of talking about how during the pandemic, lots of people kind of put their, their best selves forward and, and did some mm-hmm. amazing things and really put themselves out there, um, learned to do new things, help people out and so on. And I hear people talking about, well, you know, now we're sort of getting back to normal. Is that all going to disappear? Are we all going to forget about, you know, mm. that kindness that was shown um, during the pandemic? So I think what you're doing is 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 great. It's a way of sort of maintaining that and keep it moving forward so we don't lose the good stuff yeah. that happened because of the bad stuff. 
<laughs> so can people find out about your project by googling it i presume you're you're on social and, and things if they want to find out more Yes, well, the, there's a, a website, it's not perfect, but a website that is gone out, um, is live this week, um, which is um, kindcurrency.co.uk, where people can learn more about what our mission is, to you know, join the community, to you know, start to sort of get their voices heard, to, you know, join the campaign to make that difference. So, and obviously people can connect with myself and we're on most of the socials no it um where people can find us either under kind currency club or kind currency kick fabulous thank you well i mean talking well it's kind of linked um i was doing first aid training today you know learning uh learning how to uh save lives uh don't (laughs) don't ask me any questions any hard questions uh but actually i didn't notice till the end i got a bruise on the palm of my hand from doing the uh, sort of cpr compressions um so it, it kind of goes to show how actually how uh it is a workout when you have to do it for real but uh, learning all stuff. of the sort of doctor doctor abc how to dress a wound uh all of that sort of stuff you're, so you're a yeah. good person to have around alex <laughs> i'd like to think so yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you chris what have you been up to uh it's i'm afraid it's gonna have to be gardening question time again uh, again again yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> This, this is all I'm doing Go with my then. life at the moment. So um, what I'm holding up to the camera that nobody listening to the podcast can see are my um, my little apple saplings. Actually, I could take a little screenshot. Can yeah, you yeah, mind? do it. Should do I take it. a screenshot? Hang on. Here we go. <laughs> Lovely. Got it. Fab. So. All right. Okay. So they're my little apple saplings because uh, when I bit into an apple uh, a little while ago, I don't eat enough fruit, but um, when I do, uh, strange things happen. Um the, the the pips had already started sprouting, so I thought, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, I'm gonna plant those up, uh, and then I found seize out the moment. seize the moment, and then I found out that you can make bonsai apple trees. Oh, for oh. goodness' sake! I know. Uh, over like you know, it takes 15 years to, to to really put together a decent bonsai apple tree, but nonetheless, I've got my candidates. They're all kind of sitting there waiting to be bonsaied over the next uh, over the next few years. So. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it'll be worth it, Chris. Yeah, we've got to keep, we've got to keep this podcast series going until oh I've finished them. So watch, watch that, this space for a long time. All right, then. Right. Be knee deep in apple pies in the future. <laughs> now that's not such a bad thing. It's actually. not. It could be yeah. worse things. Okay. Yeah. All right then. Well, on that note, shall we introduce this week's guest interview? Yes. Kind of related, apple trees and the great outdoors, which mm-hmm. is what Steve um, is passionate about. This week we have Steve Lowe, who is an ecologist, archaeologist, and generally all-round lover of the great outdoors. I met Steve a few years ago for the first time through a digital storytelling workshop I delivered at the Linskill Centre in North Shields. And he told a story about his experiences of depression, which he talks again about very candidly um, about his mental health issues in this interview. Um, Steve is a fascinating guy with a great sense of humour. So enough of me talking. Here's Steve. Well, Steve, a very warm welcome to the Northern Guides to Happiness. We've made Hello. it. <laughs> yes, we definitely have, I. <laughs> We've had some fun with headphones and microphones just before we got started. Well, it's a new thing for me, all of that, you know. <laughs> You're not used to it yet. 
No, I am used to the sound of my own voice, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> i tell you one thing, doing these podcasts uh, regularly, I, I soon get sick, sick of the sound of my own voice. Do you really? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not that Just bad. well boring. <laughs> <laughs> How are you Be- feeling today? How are you? Um, I'm uh, well. I'm okay, actually. I've been for a nice walk with my sister this morning, so that was that was good. Set me up. All right. Where did you so, go? Uh, we had a wander down to Whitley. Well, we actually live in Whitley Bay. But we had a wander down to St Mary's and uh, nice. had a look at the seals. A cup of tea on the way oh, back. So yeah, can't nice. go wrong. How many seals were there? Were there lots out? Uh, about thirty. Wow. So, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Um, very low tide today, so that yeah, was good. I was up on Sky in the summer holidays, and my, my dad, place. yeah, my dad took us, uh, me and my kids, out on a on a boat ride. He wasn't driving the boat; we had somebody else was doing that. But we went over to Rassay, and the seals were all out on the uh, the sort of beach at, uh, at Rassay, so it was lovely to see. Well, I was trying to buy a house on Rassay two years ago, and were you? unfortunately, oh it fell through. <laughs> but never mind. <laughs> There's still a couple of hundred people living on there, actually, and I think the gin uh, isn't too bad either. I don't care about the gin. Nah. (laughs) Just the place. Just the seclusion. (laughs) Yeah, just get away from it all. (laughs) Easy to have a a, a lockdown there, I would have thought. I should think so, yeah. So apart from seeing seals today, has uh, anything good happened this week that's made you particularly happy? 61st birthday, that's made me incredibly happy. Not. Um, I, I won't sing happy birthday. <laughs> no, please don't. That, that would just top uh, the icing on the cake, as it were. No, it's um, it's just been a nice week. You know, I've met a few few new folk, um, done a bit of voluntary work, been out and about. The main thing for me is getting outside, really, you know. Um, I think that's uh, where it's a bit of a tonic. And, uh, yeah, I've enjoyed it. Well, speaking of being outside and out and about, yeah. Um, yeah, you always seem to be out and about, either before I've spoken to you or just after I've spoken to you about something. Yeah. Would you mind just sort of introducing yourself and just saying a little bit about who you are and what you do? Of course, yeah. Well, I suppose to start with my name, because that's always a good thing, always isn't it? A good if you start. know If you know who people are. Uh, yeah, I'm Steve Lowe. I am an ecologist, so I've spent most of my life working with wildlife. Um usually in the voluntary sector um, with wildlife trusts. I um, latterly um, work for myself now. I've got a company called Naturally Northumbria, and the idea with that was just basically try and share my enthusiasm for the outdoors with other people. And um, it's one of my, you know, one of my uh, things really. It's just I get a buzz from people knowing something new or seeing something new and you know I don't think you can learn much from uh from books sometimes you know I think you can but obviously you, you, it's nothing better than having that experience seeing of it, it in real life yeah, yeah. so yeah. and and the other thing that I, I like doing um which I've, I've become um involved in is heritage so um I'm actually really, really fortunate to have a job working up at Cresswell uh, at the Peel Tower, which has just been restored, and uh, the the chance to immerse myself, literally, uh, sometimes in uh, in um, archaeology and history and and stuff is brilliant. And also working with other people, volunteers and stuff. You know, I just just people are people are magic. You know, and uh, I think without uh, that, um, we're all the poorer, which I think just 
showed a little bit recently with the lockdowns, etc. You know, people missed each other. They missed the outdoors. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, and I think um, I just wish some people would take a little bit more care of the outdoors when they go to enjoy it. I can't, cannot understand, for instance, why people would go down to the beach for the day and leave all their belongings behind. Um, for someone else to pick up so yeah that's me having a rant I'll try not to rant anymore honestly but uh, (laughs) we'll we'll maybe touch a little bit more on kind of being yeah people being outdoors in nature during lockdown but I'm I'm guessing from what you've just said you know no two days are ever the same oh no is there a typical day you know in in, Uh, in your line of work uh no no there's not because (laughs) it it, it, um well I'm lucky because I I have, I take an income from things I enjoy doing. Mm. Um, that that is, you know, obviously a benefit. That said, I think the opposite is also true. That you actually sometimes find it hard not to, not to work, because yeah. um, not because you're enjoying it all the time. But it, you know, if I go away on holiday, for instance, I still have the same interests to pursue. <laughs> So uh, you know what is a holiday? Oh, well, a bit that, of a busman's holiday, isn't it? it? Is. Yeah, yeah. But I mean that that said, you know, no, no. I think no two days are the same because um, one day I could be, you know, sitting in doing an application for a for some funding or something, um, and you know, and I try not to stay in all day if I can avoid it. Um, you know, I, t- I tend to sort of drift off towards the sea. Uh, I think the sea's been part of my... It's a part of my blood, I think. I think I get that from me from my father, really. Um, he, he was a, um, a seaman. And, right. um, yeah, so I think I get that from there. Um, or it could just... It could just be because my body's made out of water and so is the sea, so it's an <laughs> attraction, you know. But... Um, I think the sea sort of pretty much almost typifies me as well because you never know what you're going to get, um, you know. <laughs> Bit rough and ready or nice well, and smooth. Yeah, yeah, the only thing is, you know, you know, it's going to come in and go out once, once a day, <laughs> uh, twice a day even, you know, so I suppose that's a bit That's a, a good analogy, like I like that. Yeah, but I think, uh, yeah, that, that, you know, that, uh, there's no typical day and uh, sometimes that's the best, isn't it, you know, because you don't, if you if you know what your day is going to be like, you can often feel as if it's going to be boring. So, mm, um, mm. And, and I'll have to say that since I went self-employed and technically I could almost say that I'm sort of semi-retired in some respects. So, you know, I only work seven days a week now instead of eight, you know. Um, then I think that that means I can actually do a little bit more what I want as well mm. rather than what someone else wants yeah. um, and if, if the job comes up that I'm not particularly keen on then you know I'll just say oh thanks very much but you know I don't really want to do that although you find a, a better way of saying that but um are you but quite also, disciplined with that though because I, I no. I'm self-employed as well and sometimes yeah. it's hard to um say no isn't it it, it is and that's I when mean, the work-life balance gets tricky yeah and and um for those people who do know me, they know that, you know, I think no is not really in my vocabulary, many, many, apart, especially if they're offering me chocolate. Um, but no, Note I to think, self. <laughs> but I get asked, to be, it's, it's great because I get asked to do things a lot. And um, I hope that that then reflects back that I'm doing what I'm achieving, what I want to achieve in mm. enthusiasm. Um, you know, in passing on my interest, my enthusiasm to other people. 
if I wasn't getting asked, get asked, then you know I'd probably be sitting here thinking, why well, well, are asking, asking us to do? Yeah. yeah. So it's a bit of a catch twenty two, I guess. Um, okay. I, but but also you know it's it's also part of the, the of me. You know, I, I like I like to um, socialize and mm-hmm. um, and interact with people, and yeah. I think you you probably know me um, already, Alex. We haven't known each other that long, but actually, there's always a joke and a and a, and a, a quip in there because that's how I work, you know. Mm-hmm. And I find quite often that um, the where people get um, the memory of what you've told them from is because it's not been formal. It's yeah. you know it's been informal, a bit of a laugh, and or maybe it's trying to make it personal to that individual or something like that, you know. And I guess that's that's just typical because you know I I like to uh, to get that back from other people. And if you show somebody something how to do it, they'll they'll remember much more than if you just tell them how to do it. Mm-hmm. It's simple as that, really. I'm sure there's a there's a prophecy in there somewhere from you know Confucius or something like that, but. <laughs> But um, but or, or a lowism as as uh, as I uh, will probably call it from now on. But you know, well, people learn in different ways as well, don't they? I mean, I oh, yeah. I know that I'm I'm much more of a sort of I need to see it and I need to do uh-huh. it rather yeah. than sort of read it. Um, yeah. You know, so it's just having those different ways of uh, of learning stuff, isn't it? I suppose. Well, every single person is is different, as you say. That we all. Um, learn things in different ways we all enjoy different things and mm. and you know that that sort of if you like that miasma is is it's what makes people different um and makes people ex- exciting as well you know um in, over the last few ooh, couple of couple of months we've had nearly four thousand people through that that building i was talking about before and um i've interacted with the vast majority of those people at some point and the, um, I've only got one bad memory of that, and that was somebody who, you know, potentially might have had a, a liquid lunch for all I know, or a liquid breakfast, and um, you know, just had a different opinion mm-hmm. uh, to to the rest of the people that we've been talking to. So, and that's life, isn't it? But Simple it's often it's often that one negative experience or that one negative comment, despite all of the. The great stuff and the oh, great yeah. comments. It's always that one that sticks in your head, isn't it? It is. Um, but I, in this particular case, I have to say, I just, it stuck in my head because I thought it was funny, actually, um, <laughs> afterwards. But but uh, it was on reflection. Mm. Um, but no, you're right. I mean, we're, uh, human beings, we're, we do tend to sort of stick with the, the negative um, things uh, that have happened in our life and become, uh, sadly, become more memorable than some of the mm. things that we've really enjoyed. That's, that, that is a sad fact of life. And I think I probably, I, I would, I'm, I'm probably echo that and it, if not just you know it might be a particular bad thing for me or maybe i just had a really rubbish life i don't know I sitting here <laughs> oh no <laughs> so this might sound like a silly question to ask um does your work make you happy then um my the working environment makes me happy mm-hmm. um i love being with people i love chatting on bit of banter um cup of tea and uh, and that yeah i see you've got one and mm-hmm. i drank mine um i i do i bounce off that i love wild places 
I love um, something that's, you know, to learn. Um, I like a bit of exploration, um, not just in terms of places, but also of people. Um, all of that sort of stuff. I, I think I probably understand uh, other people better than I understand myself. I think that's probably mm -hmm. fair to say. But um, And yes, so from that point of view, work does make me happy. I think, in fact, not working makes me unhappy. So okay. um, I find myself as a total, oh, God, I'm rubbish at not doing anything. Um, you know, I can be in bed and still be, you know, I could be asleep and still doing things, I think. I pretty pretty much do think I'm still busy at night, you know, thinking mm. and what have you. Mm. But um, and I, I do um, like to um, fill those empty little minutes with doing something. Um, it might uh, hopefully it's productive I don't know um, that's for other people to tell me but you know I've got a clean house um, I'm well fed in fact I'm overfed I'll admit <laughs> and um, <laughs> and you know and I've got a you know tidy tidy garden all that sort of stuff and um, yeah so I guess um, you know sometimes that's uh, but I have this is where I'm coming back I'll go back slightly it's probably the only the last few years that I thought well, there's a pile of washing that needs doing. I'll not bother doing that all another day. <gasps> oh, yeah? my goodness. Uh, or the washing up hasn't been done or, you know, oh, my God, look at that. You just got back into that bed that you just got out of. Oh, that sorts of things. No, I mean, actually. <laughs> getting getting you know, less worried about it. Becoming less that. worried about it. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. And I, I, I guess that, uh, you know, um, for a lot of folk, actually, it's about breaking a routine, really. And and I guess, you know, possibly because I went self-employed, it allowed me to do that as well. Maybe, so I don't know. But, um, yeah. But, you know, again, not feel guilty about it. Why should you? You know, at the end mm -hmm. of the day, there's no one else to uh, to worry about it. But even if there was, I'd be gone. <laughs> It'll get done. <laughs> It'll get done, exactly. It, you know, there's, there's more to life. There's more to life than mundane rubbish to be honest with you absolutely and i very much uh when i'm starting to get a little bit older obviously uh i've become a granddad recently as well which is lovely mm -hmm. um and you start to think um looking at my, my kids and stuff thinking don't do that because i did that and it was a total waste of time and actually um you know i think live for the day and if an experience offers itself I very much think, you know, go for that. Yeah. Um, well, you know, not necessarily everything, of course. I've got a line. I've got a line. I'm not going to say where the line is, by the way, but it's probably up here rather than down it's, there. It's but, that whole um, sort of life's too short, isn't it? Oh, um, it life life is, is way too short. And again, you know, who knows how long we all have. And, and you know, and, and, and you, you see on the news and... Uh, you know, listen to on the radio and stuff like that about what you might think of tragedies and people's um, long lives coming to an end, short lives coming to an end. And that what get, always gets me is it's the ones who seem to be geniuses that always seem to burn bright and then pew, extinguished. Um, I don't want to, you know, I like life. I don't want to be extinguished. Thanks very much. Not quite yet, you know. Not I haven't yet, set anyway. all the haven't set all the blue, uh, blue fuse. <laughs> I keep matches to to one side just because there's still lots of explosions to come from my end. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> 
So just going back to when you were just sort of describing that you, you know, the, the environment in which you work in brings yeah. you happiness and you sort of talked about wild places. What's, yeah, yeah. What sort of wild places? You've, you've mentioned the sea. Yeah, um, well, I, lo- I love the sea. Um, it's changeable. It can change in seconds. It's changeable. Uh, I mean, I had a near death. I've had a... My middle name is Bob because I, I always seem to fall into things. Um, water, that is. Um, and I've... I've actually had a near-death experience when I was a young kid. I nearly drowned, and mm. uh, but it's it, and strangely, it's made me more um, closer to the sea. Really, I guess in some respects, Why do you it think is. That is. Um, I don't. I don't know, but I mean, it's a fascinating place. It also, it surrounds us, doesn't it? So, mm. um, and and also, what you've got in the sea is it's a mystery to most of us, um, and. You know, I, I mean, over the last few years, I've got more into the marine environment in terms of, you know, actual work-wise than I had previously because most of my work had been terrestrial. So, but um, going out on boats, watching dolphins, all sorts of stuff like that, you, you kind of fail but to be impressed by that. And then, the, the you know, the power of the sea, the light, the mood... You know, if if I think of, you know, everyone should have a safe place in their head that they can go to. And my safe place in my head is is always by the sea. Um, it's I mean, There is a physical place that I go to when I'm not feeling brilliant. Um, I'm not going to tell anyone where it is, though, because... Because then everyone will know, go. Everyone will go to this fantastic <laughs> place where Steve feels so chilled, you know, sort of has to slide home. But no, it's... Um, it, I think it's really important that you do have um, so that you can connect with something um, that's either a memory or a place or something like that. So uh, when you aren't feeling yourself, which is perfectly okay, um, not to feel yourself. Uh, you know, I've lived with depression for the whole of my life since I was a teenager, and uh, that was a canny while ago, as I say. Um, and you know, I think that's one way of dealing with it. Is you know. Is, is to get out there and, and and explore places. Now, I'm not talking necessarily about being lonely, by the way, or being alone. I think sometimes you can be in those places with other people, and, and I'm, I'm very social, so I miss other people. Um, so that that's that's true. But, um, and I've forgotten your, your first question now. Oh, yes, yeah, the wild places. Wild, so, yeah, wild places. Yeah, yeah, yeah well... Um, you mentioned you'd been up to Sky, and I was trying to buy a house on Rasse until um, uh, a couple of years ago, and it just fell through, unfortunately. But and that that was because those sorts of rugged environments really inspire me. Um, you know, I feel quite comfortable in them, even uh, you know, in bad weather and things like that. It doesn't really bother me too much. I don't mind being being cold. Um, in fact, I prefer that to the sun. Um, so. I'm always drawn towards um, climates that are less... Um, well, I don't like tropical, that sort of thing. That would just do my head in. Um, but, you know, I could have been with Scott at the Antarctic and I would have been all right then, <laughs> you know. Uh, but but I'll tell you what, if I had been, then he would have got back. But um, because, yeah, I would have carried an extra couple of rounds of toast or something. But... Um, Extra packet think, of jelly babies or something. Uh, yeah, I, I, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, and that's one of the, I mean, that's another hist- um, another history thing. That's one of the things I'm particularly interested in is is exploration and particularly polar exploration. But 
But those um, wild places are really good. And I'm, I've been fortunate because although most of my work has been in the UK, um, when I first came out of uni and, and got a job, and I, incidentally it's worth just saying that I had a, a life before uni. Um, I didn't go straight in. I was rubbish at school and I went as a mature student and got a A plus, you know, sort of thing, straight in first honours degree sort mm-hmm. of thing because I wanted to do it. And I didn't want to do it when I was at school. I just didn't want to. I was more. I was more interested in chucking uh, big bags of of, um, of uh, pottery clay down lift shafts and going home for a game of darts at lunchtime and stuff with my mates than I was in actually learning at school, which is like the total opposite of me now. Um, but I think that's because teachers didn't inspire me. Mm-hmm. The subjects didn't inspire me. It was all really dry and boring and you know that half the stuff that you're taught at school you don't learn so you only really start to learn when you experience and it goes back to what i was saying before um for me um you know that hands-on is is much better and still loads of stuff i can't do obviously you know um i kind of keep me hair in for one thing you know i've got none it's bored can't have it all steve I can't have it all but no it's um I think that's really, you know, that, reflecting back on. Uh, I think that's another another thing. But when I when I left uh, school and um, I went to nursing, and then I was really good at nursing and I really liked it. But then politics got in the way, and I could see what was coming. And I got out, and it's coming. It's it's here, and it's you know dreadful. So I feel a bit guilty, really. But um, nursing gave me a lot of uh, good experience with people and stuff and then um I, I went to uni did my degree got a first came out got a job straight away with the the government's um, nature conservation people and was fortunate enough to be working in Kielder Forest mm-hmm. and driving out to Kielder Forest every day oh, and, that's one of my um, favorite places ah uh, well <laughs> yeah these these bits were bits you'll never have been to they I was no, looking at no. um peat bogs and uh um Kielder's absolutely full of peat bogs which largely been damaged and are now considered to be of international importance um so i was um i walked them all and mapped them all and i think it was 67 or something like that um and i was fortunate to do that and be out there pretty much every day on my own in the middle of nowhere what enjoying myself having some horrendous weather and some good weather um but just doing something that nobody else was doing and it was great. So, uh, you know, those sorts of things. Uh, the, the environments that people don't tend to get drawn to are the ones that I tend to get drawn to a little <laughs> bit more. Um, so, yeah, that's that's good. But, but it um, means that you uh, you can enjoy them because there's nobody else there, isn't it, as well? Yeah, well, hey, it's a funny story. Um, there's one day when I was, you know, as you do, you're in the middle of nowhere and, you know, you've, you've had a drink and stuff and you need to, you know, the call of nature and um and oh i, I went, see yeah yeah, uh, yeah and i went i went to the only i went for a to wet the only bush in the in the bog as it were and oh, steve uh, and too it, much information and it and it, it got up and walked away um and it was and it was a soldier it was on exercise oh <laughs> and i had not known that he was there and i'd been there about three hours and this guy well done mate honestly you were really good at your job good camouflage <laughs> very very good yeah. Oh my very goodness. Good. <laughs> so you know, go. 
he obviously moved then. He moved quickly as well. I was very impressed with that. Yes, he didn't shoot me though. That was uh, the one good thing. Oh, well, but, you uh, lived. You lived to tell the tale. Yeah. <laughs> what's um, what's come up in quite a few of the interviews that we've done so far? We're we're up to uh, sort of we're into our fifties now in terms of episodes. Um, wow. But what does well keep coming through? Thanks. Um, what does keep coming through in the interviews is um, exactly what you've just described there, as far as the sea and wanting to be close to the sea. It, mm. So many people have, when we've talked about happiness and, and what that means, for a lot of people, it's about being near the sea. Yeah. And you know, we've we've talked to um, Zara on on the podcast who works for the Environment Agency, and we talked to oh, Pearl, no, Zara. Yeah. who works at the National Trust, um, and they kind of talked about the importance of green and blue space to people's well-being. Yeah. What What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I, t- I totally agree. I mean, um, blue space equally, because um, my other job is I work with the Northumberland Rivers Trust. So I'm fortunate enough to be out on rivers as well. And, um, you know, and I've walked, for instance, I've walked most of the River Cooket um, and its tributaries. I've walked parts of the River Island and its tributaries and things like that. And um, you'd hardly ever see anyone. Mm. Um, So there is that little bit of that. There's also the you don't know what's around the corner uh, thing. There's the... There is a spirituality about it, I guess. Although I'm not a particularly spiritual person, but I do, I get that sort of um, wow, you know, when something like a kingfisher flash has passed or something, mm-hmm. you go wow, you know, um, and it just there's times when you just want to pause and just reflect on where you are, because actually it's beautiful, and I think um, I, I think beauty. Beautiful, obviously, it's a, a word, but it actually can something unusual or ugly can be beautiful. It's the experience that you get at the time that actually gives you that. Um, so I think that there's that side to it, but I do think that connection to nature is is that is more is is really important in terms of mental health and um, and and well being. I really do feel that, and and I think. Again, I could say, well, that proves itself because people go out all of the time to have a good time, and they generally go to wild, wilder places, um, the the coolest, etc. Now, some of that's about fun and frivolity, but actually, um, you could have fun and frivolity in a swimming pool, but you you know, it's not quite the same, is it? Um, no, Apart from the showers, so. you know, obviously you get a can canny shower and you know all that. But but I th- I do think that um, my quite a lot of the life experiences I've had, which are about being outdoors, have left an imprint on me that actually makes me feel um, I want more of that. You know, I I want to be there again or or something. Um, I, I tend to go to different places rather than keep on going back to the same place. Um, but, you know, when you're chatting with other people, they've had a similar experience somewhere else. It It's a commonality there that you've, that you've had that same experience, even though it might have been slightly different in different places. Mm. And uh, 
not not one regret this year, and so I haven't been too well this year, like. But um, I was supposed to be working on St Kilda this year. I um, remember you telling me about yeah. that. Yeah, oh. and that was like, oh God, gut gut wrenching when I wasn't able to go. To be honest, because you know that that's on one on my bucket list, um, and I remember that from an old, from an old black and white film I saw when I was. When after the probably after the Saturday wrestling on grandstand when I was in with <laughs> my mum and dad probably, and this black mate film come on I think oh, the the loneliest place on earth or something I can't remember what it's called now but I just just oh, wow that'd be fantastic, but lim- I don't think it's the sort of thing I would want to do all of the time, um but but having a, the chance to work there and and make your mark and do things is is really good and then you know that just fills up the old. Um, you know, spiritual uh, mm. barometer a little bit. So is, is that why you, you work outside then, do you think? Because it's good for your mental well-being? Uh, no, I think it's because I'm good at it, uh, <laughs> which, is, which helps, Oh, I know that as yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you know, I, 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 offices, uh, I've worked in offices and, yeah, I work with lovely people in offices and uh, fine, but I'm far better outside um, in terms of, you know, um, doing things, um, you know, and that can be, it doesn't have to just be looking at things, by the way, because that's what it sounds like when I'm talking about this, but actually um, I spent all day yesterday digging things and moving things from what A to B, and I, some of the archaeology I've done is absolutely backbreaking stuff, um, but actually, you know, it gives me the same sense of achievement, really. So, um, yeah, and I just think, you know, people, are, I think I was probably you know, designed to do it better um, than, than I would have been other things. Um, and really surprising, actually. Um, I just I mentioned my dad before. And my dad was actually quite... Um, I, didn't, I didn't know my dad that well. It seems once he passed away, I found out loads more about him. Mm. And he was um, he was stuck in a, a sort of, you know, a job um, as an export manager and stuff like this when I'm sure that he would have been far better and far more fulfilled being... Um, having the opportunity to do things not necessarily outside but do th- different things that were yeah. better suited to his skills etc yeah. so um you know and i think i probably took took a wee bit of a lesson from that and thought to myself you know it's all right to be a poet or a musician or to make people laugh or yeah working you know, doesn't have to be sitting in front of a computer for seven God, no. hours a day is it no. you know it's, it's sometimes hard to get out of that mindset it is yeah, especially in front of a computer yeah yeah that's the worst thing in the world i think i hate zoom meetings things like that um because i don't because uh, i like the re- interaction with people mm-hmm. um but I, i'm sort of yeah i think i'm thinking back to how what much of a nightmare i must have been talking to my careers officer I think my careers officer didn't really know what to do when I said I wanted to be a lumberjack and then didn't know what I wanted to do when I said I want to be a lighthouse keeper. And and then the worst one for them was I want to be an air loadmaster and they're going, what the hell is that? And it was like, I want to be dangling out of a helicopter. Thank you very much. And uh, and they they didn't know what to do, and they said, "No, you get a, you need to get a proper job, honestly." Yeah, and a yeah. proper job. What's a proper job? I mean, a proper job is what makes you feel fulfilled, and what, um, and and also what can deliver for society. Um, well, you spend quite, a lot of your life working. A lot of your, your yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so do yeah. do something you enjoy. Well, yeah. that's right, and and, and also. 
Well, you know, I'll give you a little bit of a compliment here, Alex, because when we first met, you were delivering mm-hmm. a course, and I found that course really um, good and very, very useful. And um, so you were the right person in the right place at the right time there. Yeah. And and yeah. actually, quite often, uh, I mean, again, it goes back to the fact that I came away there with something that I thought was useful. Being at school, maybe it's one or two of the teachers I had were probably just going through the motions. And mm. if you're in a job where you're going through the motions, I understand why, because we've all got mortgages and pressures and stuff like that, yeah, um, half of which are actually created for us rather than things that we want to do ourselves. Then actually sometimes you think, well, actually that person would be far better doing something that they really, really want to do. Yeah. And I've not worked in a sector that give me loads of cash. I wouldn't know what to do with loads of cash. What I want to do is have loads of time and loads of fun, and loads of laughs, and loads of, uh, you know, uh, memories, rather than having a ton of cash. But I think, uh, again, you're not the first person to sort of talk about that idea of um, cash doesn't bring happiness. Cash, having money isn't feeling wealthy, you know, wealth is experience, and fulfilment, and everything else, you know, rather than having loads of money. Yeah, well, I, uh, you know, I'm not saying I haven't got loads of money either. Well, I'm maybe hard. you do. You but, know, uh, but yeah, but I just, you know, I might be a secret Scrooge. But no, you're absolutely right though, because for me, um, uh yeah, no, it's 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 not. It's far from it. Um, you need enough to be able to get by and and everything, mm. obviously. Um, but no, it's it's much more important to me to have. Um, well, people are more important to me. To be honest, yeah. Um, I mean, some people who I've never even met are still, you know, I think I'll have an interaction with them at some point, maybe, you don't know. Mm, mm. Um, and I think there's, you know, a bit of my past being a, a nurse, obviously, I got quite a lot of that caring bit in there. And, you know, I'm not not blowing me on, well, I know I've got to blow me on trumpet because no one else has got my trumpet. So um, I think I was bloody good at that, excuse my French, but I think, it, it, it you know, because I cared and um, caring is an important human thing. I think possibly sometimes I care too much, that's to my own detriment, but actually, mm-hmm. you know, I like to do a good job, I like to, uh, to please people uh, and that, uh, you know, I feel less fulfilled if I've not done a good job, if I'm, if I'm perfectly honest. But... Um, you know, I'll go that extra mile um, if I can. And there's not, there's an awful lot of people that won't. There's not a lot of people that won't even go the mile, never mind the extra bit. So, um, you know, I feel quite proud of myself from that point of view. Um, well, why not? So is, is, is that happiness for you? You know, what, what, what does happiness mean to you when, you when you think of it? I know you sort of touched on how you... you you've had you've experienced depression yeah um for for, for a long time and yeah. you know maybe you haven't always felt happy but when you yeah. think of happiness what do you think well i've been thinking about this knowing i was going to do this interview mm-hmm. and I, i'll be honest i can't come up with a definition um i, I really can't uh, because i think your moods change something uh, fleetingly so actually being content is better way of, of putting it um mm. thinking Oh, you know, I don't have anything to worry about or or whatever, um, rather than happy. Um, I'd like to be delirious once in a while, um, 
but you know rather than happy um and what's that then what's, del- what's delirious. delirious well being in love you know then having a really you know good fun time doing crazy things sometimes <laughs> um <laughs> but but also you know being able to go and do the things that you like doing um you know i love music but if I could play a guitar, I would be happy. That would, there's a there's a definition, you know, to play the <laughs> guitar. But I'm too lazy to learn. But um, I love music. I love I love comedy, that sort of thing. I love laughing. I think laughing makes me happier than anything, really. And I don't mean you know, at jokes necessarily. I can be laughing at myself. I can be laughing at other people. Laughing with other people's mm-hmm. the most wonderful feeling in the world. I think. Um, so. Yeah, and I and I am a bit of a joke. <laughs> oh gosh, never. But yes, I am. And um I'm with you on the comedy. That's that's something I mean, I've always loved comedy and yeah. me and my husband, you know, we, we often would go to the stand in Newcastle and, yeah, and yeah. yeah, exactly what you've just said, just being in the same room with people that you've never met before yeah. and the room is just loud with laughter. And well, everyone's having a good time. I and, love it. Yeah. That, that, yeah. Is, that is absolutely brilliant. And the scariest thing I ever did in my life, entire life, was get on that stage. <gasps> now, I wasn't telling jokes, <laughs> but it was scary. <laughs> I've got to say, so my hats go off to every comedian that's ever stood on there. Um, and uh, because um, you're staring into a, into a blank uh, blackness that you don't know, you know what reaction you you're going to get. Can't see what's yeah. And, and all I was doing was announcing something. So um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do, I do a bit of, I do comedy, but I do stupid comedy, but I don't actually share it with anyone. <laughs> Oh, I don't think you have to, though, do you? It's, no, if it, no. If it's something no. for you and, and that brings you happiness. I think I outraged one of your colleagues by putting a, a a poem together about the book fair that we did at Linskill a few years ago, and it was it, it read like a smutty novel. Um, oh, dear. Yeah, it was really... I thought it was really good, to be honest with you. But, uh, yeah, did it. I'll have to try and dig that one out. Oh, I'll send it you, don't worry. Yeah, yeah. please, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so is happiness something that you Between think the much- Sheets. Between the sheets. Oh, okay, I like it. (laughs) Is happiness something that you think much about then? I mean, you were saying just now that, you know, you were thinking about happiness in preparation for this interview, but do you think about it anyway? Yeah, I do. I do because... I mean, I'm, I will admit, you know, 61, I'm very lonely. I feel I feel lonely. I live on my own and I, mm-hmm. I love being out with people. So lockdown's been tough. Um, mm-hmm. Not being able to go places has been tough. Um, and, yeah, so, you know, as I say, sort of it, reaching that contentment level even is sometimes very difficult. Um, so consequently, you do find yourself, you know, putting a bit more into things than then you probably should as well, you know, sort of. Um, but it, so, you know, am I happy? Well, I'm not unhappy, put it that way. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's that's the most important thing for me, is not to be unhappy. Being happy is a bonus, but being unhappy is awful. And mm-hmm. um, I think uh, whatever the reason for being unhappy is, I think people struggle with it. And... Um, and don't and for for guys in particular, I think actually for them to turn around and say I'm unhappy and I, um, and talk to it to anyone um, about those sorts of feelings inside is really really tough, and um, 
I mean, why, that, why is that? Do you think? Um, well, you don't know how you don't know what words to say. I think necessarily. Um, there's a there is a facade that if you you know if I'm if I'm not feeling great, I put a facade on. I, I'm hiding behind a face of of, of jollity. Uh, and I've I've said this before. You know, I, I, yeah. I think most people who suffer from depression are very good actors. To be honest with you, mm. um, in that you know. If you look happy, it's probably, it's probably that that you're not. Mm. I think you. I think people can tell when you're on good form, as it were, but mm-hmm. um, but can't really when you're on bad form because you pretend. But um, and I've forgotten your question now. But um, I think well, I think why why is it that men in particular yeah um, find it hard. Well, I get. Well, I don't know. To be honest with you, it's uh, you know, it's some of it's uh, it's ingrained. It's ingrained, isn't it? I mean, you're you're almost taught taught it a little bit, and um, not just at school, but you know, in, in the society. media and all that, so in society mm. and everything like that mm. as well. But it, I mean, I've I've never been one to say, um, uh, to, you know, to other people that I'm, I'd share me share me depression. Someone was surprised. I told them the other day um, mm. we were chatting about it in in the, in the gardening when I was doing some gardening with a group of volunteers somewhere. Oh, oh I've done this, and they and they went, "Whoa, you know." Mm. Now, so I think, and then that was somebody who's almost a contemporary age. So I suspect that they, you know, they were surprised that a man would say that, um, and they, we shouldn't be. It doesn't matter who it is, because you know. I, most of my most of my friends have had downtime and I feel as if I've wanted to be there for them. And I can't think of anything better as a human being to be supporting other people through that through their difficult times, whatever they may be. Um, you know, even some as I said, you know, the nursing, sometimes you're doing that with people that you don't know and um and you're never going to know. But mm. um, you know, I'm, I think back to nursing plenty of times I worked in ITU and um, so we obviously saw some difficult cases and without naming any there were times when you actually you know you knew there was a bad outcome and it affected you as an individual as much as it in a different way but as much as it does with the family and I think sometimes Mm. you know doctors and nurses particularly at the minute the pandemic you know we think they're machines and they're not we're humans. We're all humans, mm. and at the end of the day, we just—it's just, just marvellous to have that empathy with with other people and to be able to share that. So for me, um, you know, it doesn't matter if I'm a bloke or not. I think the biggest the biggest difficulty, and, and this this perhaps controversial, but I, actually, I've, I've got an awful lot of friends who are female, and um, less friends who are male, mm-hmm. um, and that's because I communicate better. I think with women than I do with, with, with blokes. I don't like to go, well I do like to go to the football and shout and swear, but I don't I don't like to do it all of the time. Uh, where some some people live for that sort of stuff and, and, and I don't drink, so I don't go down the boozer and, and everything. Um, so maybe there's a little bit of difference in per, terms of personalities and things like that, but uh, which make us all all act in different ways. But you know, I mean I've got to say I feel um it's a positive thing personally um, to be able to share how you're feeling. Um, it sometimes is quite difficult, particularly with people who matter to you. 
<laughs> so would you say is that the best way of kind of um, supporting people you think who are going through a bit of a rough time you, you, you mentioned empathy there yeah what would you recommend what would be your 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 advice I suppose if if you knew somebody who was going through a bit of a a tough well, time yeah well I've, I, I, I'd be loath to actually give people advice because I said this to my son I'm, you know my son's 20, um, 29 and I was talking to us about dating the other day and I said, look, I, you don't ask me about dating, son. I've got a track record. <laughs> no, no. But having said that, I think Alex said, um, the, the first thing is is just remember you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I would also think that nobody can put themselves in your shoes, but people have worn similar shoes in different sizes because she, she, everyone has shoes, mm. so um, you know I think we're um, it's talk to someone who will listen. Don't talk to someone who's going to advise you, because the worst thing you you want is to be told, "Oh, I did this happened to me, and I and this is what I did," because yeah. you'll want to do that, and then it might and not it work, work for you. Yeah. 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 And and then to a degree as well, if that's come from a friend, then sometimes that's, you know, you, you, you look back on that friend and think badly of them for, almost for it uh, when they're, they're, they're trying, to do the, trying to do the right thing, realise that. But um, so I, I think, but the thing is to, is to share it and you don't have to share it with somebody, that you know, necessarily. Um, it's not easy to share it with somebody that you don't know. Uh, particularly, I mean, I did some work for the men, uh, for the National Health Service mental health uh, uh, teams um, about um, patient pathway, it was called, and we were looking at how people got into, you know, um, actually when they were unwell, how they presented mm. and, and the difficulties and stuff like that. And that is the major difficulties. You can go to A&E if you bust your arm, but if you've, if you've broken your heart, you cannot. Um, mm. When you break your heart, you, you know, you go through a grieving process and there's no not necessarily anybody there. The ones you turn to immediately may not be the best people to turn to because you know that they're just full of sympathy for you and um you know so that that makes it tough i guess but and again you know with blokes it's much much more difficult because you know you just put on a brave you are put on a brave face or you put on an angry face and the angry face doesn't work um brave face doesn't work um honesty works better um you know Gantt Comedy Club and have a good laugh. That's what I say. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, yeah. I love that shoes analogy. Yeah, do, that's do a, good, oh, a great that's... way of describing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it just came to me as I was speaking, really, because it, it, you know, I don't, genius. I don't. Well, no, I'm not a genius. No, no. <laughs> but actually, I think, um, yeah, we all live a life, don't we? And mm. um, everyone, I learn something new every day uh, about something, and be open and responsive to that and accept it uh, rather than thinking I know better that sort of thing is is it you know to me that's a a good good way to 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 act and respond really and you don't know what's around the corner so no no mm-hmm. well I think we're kind of coming to the end of the interview but I just kind of wanted to ask Steve yeah. as, as we're sort of wrapping up you know we've we've talked about you know how you you feel better for being outdoors yeah. and you know comedy brings you happiness talking to people yeah um if you're feeling um feeling low you know 
how do you maintain positive well-being or you know if you're going through a period of depression what 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 do you do well um well i tend to i, I concentrate a bit more on the things that i like you know and let, mm. allow myself to do those things i allow myself to be unhappy as well um and i allow myself uh, th- uh you've got to give yourself a little bit of time to rationalize some of these things sometimes i think so what one thing that i found works for me which may not work for any, other people is they're in that people may associate with this you, you you know you've got loads of thoughts running through your head blah, blah 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 and it's a real you know jumble so make sense out of it and write the jumble down mm. put it to one side and then next day or day after or whatever go back to it and read it and actually you just laugh about some of the things that you've written and, oh, I do anyway. Um, mm. I've still got one or two of them where actually what I wrote was exactly how I was feeling, but I wish I'd been there to say it um, rather than, um, you know, bottling it up and, you know, and replacing it with that facade mm. or with a little bit of anger or whatever, you know. Because I think the, the biggest challenge in life for everyone is communicating with each other. And, um, and we're all rubbish at it, I think, really. Um, and I mean all, because even people who think they're good at it aren't necessarily good at it. Um, uh, it's just good at their way, the way of doing it, and we're all different, as I said before, you know. So, um, so that would be the, what I would generally do. Um, there are there are other mechanisms that I've used which don't work, um, which is like hiding. Um, that doesn't work. Um, going to going to places where I can you know empty my thoughts and that that that's one that does work for me um it, it tends to be the same place um and and but consequently you've then got to not go to that place on other times when you're feeling fine because otherwise it's not not okay. a, a refuge yeah okay yeah um that makes sense but also keep your friends close mm-hmm. and keep your enemies closer <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> no. Keep keep your friends close. I mean, honestly, the value of a friend. Um, some people don't realise. You, you know, you go on Facebook, Facebook friends. You've got hundreds of Facebook friends. There'll be a handful in there that, if you've got a problem, will turn round and actually help you. And those are the ones that you need to value. But also, I think um, I would always hope that those people who are in your um, group as you were and particularly if you've got partners recognize that that's not a threat yeah because some people do actually feel threatened by other other people um if you turn to them they feel as if they failed and Mm -hmm. i mean i'd I'd be the first person to put my hand up and say i'll probably i've probably thought that as well at, at times i think that you know hopefully what i've what i've just said there is is you know, of, of value to someone. And as I say, I'm not an expert. We're all experts on ourselves, and but we're not really because we don't really understand ourselves either, do we? Mm. Um, and, you know, probably all go to the grave miss, having missed a trick. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> I can certainly relate to the, yeah, keep your friends close um, yeah. and have a, a, a good group of, of close friends. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Steve. It's been That's an absolute okay. pleasure talking to you this afternoon. Thank you very much. Um, if anybody's kind of interested in finding out more about um, being an ecologist or the Naturally Northumbria stuff you're doing or the work up at Cresswell, yeah. how can they find out more? Well, I've, I'm not 
I'm not trying not to promote my own business um, in this, obviously, but actually, in terms of... You missed your chance there, Steve. No, no, I'm, I'm, <laughs> All right, I've, got then. Pl- All right. I've got plenty of cash. No, um, <laughs> I've got too much work on. The, the thing that I'm, I'm particularly um, fond of is, is people getting involved with the charities that I work with, um, and I would include Linskill within that, by the way, because I've done lots of work with you guys, and it's been fantastic. Um, I love Linskill. Um but um, Cresswell Peel Tower has its own website. Um, Northumberland Rivers Trust have its, has its own website. They both have their own Facebook pages as well. Um, so that, you know, if anyone's interested in that sort of stuff, then that's, there's a place to go. If you ever see me, ask us a question. Um, I'm more than happy to try and spend some time to help if I can. Um, although I'm, I've got to warn people, I'm, a dead, I'm really cynical. So, you know, if you want no. to become an ecologist, I'll be saying, no, I didn't do that, man, get a proper job. No, it's, <laughs> no, I think um, if people obviously don't know what I look like from the podcast, but if, if you come across us and you want anything, just ask. And uh, the, the, the no is not in my vocabulary. So, um, they'll know how to entice you in. They'll well, know you yeah. Can't say yeah, no. well, now, yeah, the chocolate thing always works like. You know, or actually, I tell you what works more than anything, a nice smile and a greeting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Steve. Um, it's been a pleasure. And You're I'll, welcome. Uh, I'll stop the recording there. It. Thank you. No Good, worries. I'm glad. <laughs> so that was Steve. What did people think? Steve hooked me right at the very beginning when he used those words, people are magic. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then obviously he went on to describe the, the, the human need, to, you know, for human connection and how without that, how that impacts our well-being and our overall mental health. Um, I absolutely agree with him. People are magic, mm. you know, and without that connection... For me, it, it's the essence of life, isn't it? You know, having that human connection with other people. And I think the last 18 months has definitely shown us that we need to be amongst our peers. To, you know, and I think when you break that down into society, like the the more mature generation need to mix with people, you know, that understand their needs. It's the same as school-age children, you know, need to be in that school setting so they're around people. Mm. And it's sort of the link then went on towards the end of the podcast where Steve started to talk about loneliness. Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously loneliness is one of the, the biggest killers within our society. Mm-hmm. You know, so in that too, those two things for me are, are linked very closely and are re- really, really important to, to us is for our personal survival. So that that got me, to, you know, it, it really did. But then there was there was a lighter tones throughout, to, you know, <laughs> that I, I really hung on to. Mm-hmm. And one of my favourites was when he'd said about getting to a point in life where he can look at something and think, oh, you know, life's too important to do that today. Yeah. So I'm going to do it tomorrow. So this evening I'd be taking that torn with the dishes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know and rather than thinking oh I've got to do that I'm going to think no 
I need to relax and give myself some time just to enjoy being so that can be left to another day so for me that it's it's something that I've I've sort of got to that point in my life where I'm starting to understand, you know, that some things can be left, you know, and it's really important to see them not as important things that need to be done, that they're not going to really have any impact, whether they're they're in the sink, washed up tonight, or whether they're they're getting washed up in the morning, you know, so I really valued that point he was making, you know, and I'm going to, he's going to, I'll be keep saying, um, Steve Law said that, that's what you need to do. <laughs> Steve says. Yes, Steve says. So it's allowed. <laughs> Thanks, Michelle. What about you, Chris? Oh, there was there was so much to love about that conversation. There really was. Um, uh, I mean, I, I loved his focus on uh, you know learning to say no to things. Mm-hmm. That you know, it's not always about kind of saying yes, yes, yes to the next thing. You know, sometimes like like you say, Michelle, sometimes you, you just kind of need to say no to a job or no to mm-hmm. you know a question that somebody's asked you just to kind of preserve your 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 mental health your sanity <laughs> your own time to enjoy stuff um we i say we often talk about i say i often talk about uh the fact that we need merch for this podcast like t-shirts that people kind of say quotes have we got another slogan yeah. from this oh one, man we? we've got so many in there uh <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure how easy they are to kind of fit in a t-shirt, but there were, there were, there was a lot of wisdom in, in a lot of what you said, like blow your own trumpet because no one else has got that trumpet. <laughs> That's yours. Um, but I, I really did chuckle when he was talking about, um, I mean, he was talking about empathy and not being alone. It was a really serious point. But um, when he said, so no, no one can put themselves in your shoes, but people we'll have worn shoes, you know, we've all got shoes. So, you know, we can all kind of empathize to a certain degree with, with people in certain situations. So everyone has shoes, I think is going to be my, my t-shirt. Um, I love that analogy. I thought yeah, it was, it was great. a really clever way of, of putting it. Yeah. yeah that uh, we, we all wear shoes. We can all relate. We can all relate in some way. Yeah. And the final, the final thing that really kind of stuck with me was, um, you know, when you, when you've got difficulties, talk to somebody who's going to listen, not necessarily somebody that's, just going to give you loads of advice, you know, somebody to kind of really acknowledge where you are and recognize that, you know, it's your unique situation. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, perhaps what worked for them isn't going to work for you. Yeah. So a lot of wisdom from Steve. Oh, there's I think. so much wisdom. Yep. So much wisdom. Absolutely. Well, thank you both. And thank you, Steve. That was a great interview to add to our, our growing archive of, of interviews. I can't oh, believe no. we're uh, now into our, our 50s in terms of episodes overall. It's incredible. So every single episode has been absolutely brilliant. So thank you. If you've been inspired by this podcast episode, then we'd love to hear from you. We love hearing your stories and opinions on what happiness means to you. You can get in touch via email, hello at thenorthernguidestohappiness.co.uk or you can find us on Twitter at North Happiness and Instagram and Facebook at Northern Happiness. We're really glad to be spreading joy and happiness around the North East through this podcast, thanks to funding from the National Lottery Community Fund and the Newcastle Covid Fund. So thank you so much to our funders for their support. Next time, we have Kylie Little, who is Keeper of History for Tynanwyr Archives and Museums at Discovery Museum. Kylie specialises in contemporary collecting, so we'll be chatting about what that means, as well as her views on happiness and well-being. So you'll hear me ask questions like this. This might put you on the spot a little bit, but uh, 
can you tell us a secret or can you tell us something unusual or maybe something that maybe people wouldn't necessarily know about what goes on in a museum? Can you share something like that with us? And hear her give answers like this. Oh, okay. Um, well, you might not know that our collections can kill. <laughs> <gasps> da, da, da. I might be slightly exaggerating. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, people probably know there are hazards in the collections. So with science and industry, you put expect there'll be things like asbestos, I guess. And so we take a lot of precautions in terms of um, staff safety. But what you might not know is our costume and um, textile collection has also got quite a few hazards. Um, Yeah, really interesting. So um, in the 18th and 19th century, men's felt hats were made using fur, so rubber or hair, and to make the fur stick together, the hatters would brush it with mercury, which is really highly toxic. And if you're breathing it in, it could cause them to kind of like have trembles and, and cause um, lots of different issues. So you might have heard the phrase, mad as a hatter. Yes. Um, oh, is that where it came from? I believe that's where it came from. So we have to be quite careful. And there's other things too. So um, many of your listeners will be familiar with arsenic and mm-hmm. the fact that it you know was used um could be used to poison people but also um because it dyed fabric bright green they used it in dresses and gloves and shoes artificial flower wreaths so if we've got a beautiful green dress in the collection from a certain time period um we know we need to wear it gloves <laughs> um, wow and all of these you know all of these risks are, i should point out a manageable and we have risk assessments and of course we can of course. wear gloves and masks and but it's very it's, it's really interesting I find the whole kind of and if, especially if you look across the collections at Tram, there's lots of different hazards like uranium glass in the decorative art collection and interesting stuff I never thought that I would encounter when I was kind of training to work in museums so we've reached the end of another episode We hope you're enjoying listening to the Northern Guides to Happiness. Take care and see you all again next week for another episode.